Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, DGS 204. Our good friend, uh, Rabbi Shabu Greenwald from The Priest and Rabbi is here with us today. So plenty of time. We have a whole half hour. And uh, I have a couple questions to ask you, but I want to let you talk about what you want to talk about first. Okay. I just, you know, we can go back and forth. But so... I just came in because, uh, you know, when, when I, last time when I spoke from Jerusalem, so I mentioned that I, I always feel like having seen this before, that the, 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 the memory of what occurred and that being the foundation of how we look at things seems to quickly go away. And then it's kind of a focus on, you know, the horrible things that the Israeli military is doing. And uh, this happened a lot worse and a lot quicker than I expected. I, I just have to say that, you know, when this first occurred and, you know, the horror of it, I don't have to re- repeat, I don't think, the horror of the, all the things that occurred. But I thought that this would be something that the world could condemn, you know, universally. No matter what you think about the Palestinian-Israeli issue, this kind of behavior is over-the-pale reprehensible. And what I found is is that instead there is blaming of the victim. That it's like uh, that the, the, the Jews or Israelis, whoever it is, brought this on and that this is a—, a, a you know, something which, you know, it's, it's, it's a way of resistance to, to do this kind of horrendous, disgusting kinds of uh, inhuman things. And so, um, and then I, 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 and I think the Jew, when I say me, I mean, also, I can tell you for the Jewish community, which I'm, you know, in touch with quite a bit, seeing people celebrating it or, you know, I, I, anybody, any, I can say this for, for, for sure that if the Jewish people had gone into Gaza and done what they did to Gazan people, I would have to hide my yarmulke. I would be embarrassed about what occurred. I, I would say, listen, I support Israel, but this is not, I can't stand for this. This is horrendous. And instead of seeing that, you know, there's flags in the streets, celebration, hundreds of thousands of people coming uh, out unrepentant about this. I spoke um, two days ago with a friend of mine who's a Holocaust survivor. She's a child Holocaust survivor. She saw her brother murdered. And it, I felt so horrible to have her have to see this because, you know, and I want people to know that the Jewish people feel like they're, they're like, like this is, they're thinking, is this what 1938, 1940 was right? Like, right. Where, you know, you have people marching in the streets with flags, with nobody stopping them with, yeah. with college presidents that are too scared to say anything, you know? And so, um, well, let me ask you there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we have always known 
I mean, I'm not Jewish, and I didn't know much about Judaism until right. really I met you, and we started doing this stuff. Uh, but but I've always known, even since I was a kid, that, oh, okay, there are people who don't like Jews. I understood what anti-Semitism was. Right. But I always thought of it as being pretty compartmentalized. Right. And now we're seeing this across the world, here in the United States, especially at universities, especially at the best of our universities. Right. What do you make of that? Where does that where, how surprised are you, and what do you attribute it to? Um, I always knew there was a lot of it. I always knew there was a lot of really bad stuff in the world. I I am shocked. I think most Jewish people here are shocked. They're shocked. I don't blame you. You know, I think that they really, we really didn't get how pervasive this is. And, and none of us can really rationalize other than just from the very start, the, the world, just the, the message that, I don't know. There's something about the, I mean, when you realize that there's millions and millions of people out there that want you dead and don't know you. You know, you haven't done a thing to them. Many many of them don't even have Jews in their country. And um, so I, I can't answer that question, and I agree. It's it's really, it, uh, the Jewish community right now is is just dazed, really. And uh, is, is there anything at all, <clears throat> pardon me, um, because as my time as a lawyer, uh, I was a paid advocate, but in almost every case I did, I would, I would, you know, look across at the other table and I would think, I'm not going to say this, but they're right about a few of these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the truth isn't always on one person's side. Is there anything at all about, not Hamas, but about the pro-Palestinian people and the people you see on television and the people who are talking about occupation for 56 years? Mm-hmm. Is there anything about that, that as a Jewish person, you can go, well, Okay, maybe we can talk about this. You know, I, I think the claim that we're occupying their land is made up. Um, first of all, it was always Jewish. The UN gave the the Jews, which there was always a small population of Jews in the area, a small piece of land and gave the Palestinians a piece of land. And it could have been happily ever after. So the only thing I can say is, look, the Jewish people, Israel doesn't want to rule over people that don't want to be ruled over and has tried. You know, there's been a few attempts at peace. Bill Clinton, read Bill Clinton, what he said. Arafat didn't even say no. He just started intifada. Ehud Barak, there's, Israel's tried to give them back a land. They've said no time and time again. So I, I really think their claim is spurious. But, I, you know, sometimes in life it doesn't matter. Like, let's say, let's say you want to, they sing from the river to the sea, Palestine. That means no Israel. We're not leaving Jerusalem until, like, you know, let's, we're going to be there and you're going to be there. Right? And so we need to find a way to live together. That's what, what has to happen. You know, um, they, we have all these claims that, you know, um, after all that they did, we have all these claims of Israel's de- dehumanization of the Palestinians. Is there anything more dehumanizing than being used as a human shield? Could there be anything? You know, they attack Israel, oh, uh, civilians, a war crime, and then hide in the civilian population, a war crime. And uh, I just want to make clear to everybody that, you know, there's a lot— I don't want to deny the fact that the Gazan people are mightily suffering. They're mightily suffering. I believe that ever, all the suffering, death, and blood, and unhappiness is all at the hands of Hamas. We, we I, Saturday morning, we got up, went to synagogue, people went to a music festival, and it all broke loose. And, and does anybody expect it now to sit there and not? I, I ask anybody, what, do you, what would you do? If you're in the shoes of Israel, your children have been murdered, they're hostages, your, your women have been brutally—and then they go hide in the civilian population. So you just, I just got to lay down and die? 
So from a okay, from a military standpoint, I really like Ukraine, for example, Ukraine has an army. They have uniforms. They're willing to fight Russia on the battlefield. Right. Yet Russia decided, no, we don't want to fight you. We just want to uh, send rockets into apartment buildings. Right. With uh, with uh, Israel and uh, Hamas, I understand it's very different because they don't wear uniforms. They won't meet you on the battlefield. And they hide in the, and on they civilians. Hide. However... When uh, Russia fires a rocket into an apartment building, it's a war crime. And uh, for the second time in two days, Israel acknowledged that they sent rockets into a refugee camp. I understand the differences, but and I know you're not a military expert. No. But just intellectually, how is it different? Why is it different? Okay. So when Russia sends a missile into an apartment building, do they think that's a, that's a, a military installation that the that the Ukrainians have set up. Right. They may say so, but no one believes it. Right. There, Israel, Israel has to hold back most of the time from firing, even when they know that there are, are um, you know, terrorists there, because they're going to kill civilians. Now, I have to say, as they did that more in the past, here's the proof of the pudding. Israel sends in flyers to say, please leave, and the, and the Hamas doesn't let them leave. They put up road, armed roadblocks to stop them from leaving. Who is inhumane here? So I'd say that the difference is, well, I want to, I, I mean, you bring up a good point because I would challenge people to say Israel is not guilty of any war crimes because they're targeting military targets. Now, unfortunately, what do you do about this? You know, I ask all of us, what would we do if we were attacked like this and thousands and thousands of Americans got killed? By the way, I just want to point out Mosul, the Battle of Mosul. So that was ISIS. America and Great Britain took place, took part. Somewhere between nine to 12,000 civilians were killed. I don't know. I just never heard these screams of, you know, uh, you know uh, ethnic cleansing and, uh, you know, uh, all, all these things being levied at Israel. There's two sets of rules in this world. There's a set of rules for everybody else. And then there's a set of rules for Israel. I guarantee any country in the world that had this happen to them and had the situation that they have where that, then the people that did this run and hide purposely among the civilian and they won't let them leave, right, w would react the same way. You know, when you look at the numbers, let's say the numbers they present. Now, there's no reason to believe a terrorist organization. It, it's in their interest to say that Israel's killing children. I'm not saying children have been killed. They've been killed and it's terrible. But what I'm saying is it's in their best interest to say that it's been a very high—they want a ceasefire. You know, let's even say they were sort of correct. They, they still claim Israel bombed that hospital. Are the numbers of the hospital in that number? You know, their bombs fall indiscriminately. They, you know, their own power grid was knocked out by a Hamas missile. And so they—and they, they, now we're supposed to go repair it. You know, and so what I'm trying to say is, is that— you know, Israel doesn't target civilians. Every drop of blood and all the pain here, it's caused by Hamas's savage and brutal terror attack. Israel shouldn't be held responsible for defending themselves. I watched, uh, <clears throat> I forget what it was on today, but it was one of the morning shows. And they were interviewing four or five Jewish high school students. Right. And they spoke as if they were 60 years old. I mean, and I really... <sighs> felt for them because in a way they had to be, uh, but they spoke with such eloquence. And one of them said, I believe a hundred years from now, this will still be going on. And 
I can't disagree with that young man because <clears throat> I don't – again, fighting Hamas is not fighting a country. Right. You're not going to sign a peace treaty. Right. But I don't know how you kill them all. And if right. that's what you have to do, uh, whether it's Hamas or ISIS or Islamic Jihad or whoever it is, I don't think it's possible to kill them all. Right. And it's just a matter of time. Right. Uh, maybe it's a year, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's 20 years right. until they build up their numbers and you have to do it again. Right. I, I, agree. I tend to agree with what you're saying. You know, it's it's a very tough thing. I want to, I want to tell you one other thing about this that I think is important, which is... You know, the Middle Eastern world is not the Middle Western world. You know, this is not Mississippi. And and what I mean by that is they watch, and they've said this before, they look for weakness. Because when they see that you're not willing to, to, to defend yourselves, they take note of that. You know, I want to say this as an American citizen looking at Iran. You know, we can't think that everything is going to be, we can play footsie. They're... Iran is really behind all this. They're behind Hamas. They're behind Hezbollah. They're, and, they, and, and the hatred is not just for, for Jews in Israel. It's a hatred for us in the West also. And we have to, we have to be cognizant of this. We can't play around with them. We have to, they're not going to quit. They're not going away. You know, so far, for the most part here, we've dodged the bullet. I know the FBI just said that, that the danger for a domestic terrorist attack after this is way up because— what does what Hamas did just now, what does it do? It emboldens them. It emboldens the terrorists to think that they can pull off a strike. But I, I tend to agree with you. But Israel has to, I think, let the world know, let the would-be terrorists know that you can't do this without— it's going to, ca- it's going to hurt so, so, so bad that— you need Iran needs to think twice before that they're going to try something like this. So Saturday night, I was the uh, the host MC of Folds of Honor, and I was sitting literally next to Rocky Sigmund the whole night. And Rocky was 21 or 22 when he was taken hostage in Iran back in 79, 444 days. And here wow. we are in 2023, and he's now a, an older, middle-aged man, right. a bit older than me. And he said, Dave, can you believe this? That in 1979, I was a hostage at the hand of Islamic radicals in Iran. Right. And now people are hostages. Right. Basically for the same reason. Yeah. And really by the same people, because these are just, you know, emissaries of Iran. So they're really in the same thing. And so that's what I'm saying is we're, I don't know if there's a way to utterly defeat it ultimately or not, but yeah. we have to come up with a way to to deal with it. You know, would you take questions? If anyone yeah, sure. has questions, uh, let's take a quick break. If you have questions, even if, if like, look, especially, uh, I don't think there's any one from Hamas out there, but if you're pro-Palestinian and if you have counterpoints, uh, Rabbi's a, a grown man. He can answer your questions. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 21 DJS on KMOX. Uh, one of the things I'm, I'm proud about about this show uh, is after 24 years of it, we can have fun, we can be silly, we can be as dumb as anybody, and yet we can take on uh, very difficult, very important issues and uh, try to be even-handed, take on both sides. So Shmuel Greenwald is here. He is the rabbi from The Priest and the Rabbi, friend of mine for 20-plus years, and we're discussing what's going on right now uh, in that part of the world. We're inviting your phone calls. Uh, three, I'm sorry, yes, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Steve calling in from Kirkwood. Steve, go right ahead. You're on with the rabbi. Yeah, I, I, you know, I appreciate you creaking open this this box. I mean, I'm Catholic. I've got a lot of I've got an aunt married to a Jewish man who I you know, I love to death. He, we we jokingly call him a cashew because he goes to the Catholic church and he goes to, they go to the synagogue and he's just accepting to everything and everybody. Uh, my question and it's a tough one to ask, but I, I just got to ask it because I hear other people say it. Far far too many communities or civilizations to count that have suffered horrible atrocities. I mean, there's I mean whatever had been done to the American Indian, the slavery that was done to to the Egyptian, I mean, et cetera. I mean, it just, we don't need to go into a history lesson. It just seems like the Jewish community is so quick to go to, everything bounces right to the Holocaust, which I'm 58 years old. It occurred before I was born. And it just seems, it just seems like at some point, do you, you know, I know you never forget about it, but it just seems like that's the constant go-to whenever something occurs. And it's something that, you know, occurred that I see a lot and I've experienced it. You know, we've had two, uh, uh, very close one one relative and one very close daughter of a friend of my daughter's and you know it was a catholic jewish uh, marriage and the catholics were, were fine with it they're like this is great just they, they embraced it and i gotta be honest with you both the mothers on the other side were were just beside themselves that their kid was marrying a, a catholic kid and that they weren't jewish so i i just from from an outside looking in it just seems like there's there's a lot of extremes when it comes to confronting sometimes some of these extreme Jewish, you know, I mean, it's, it seems like there's a lot of people in the Jewish faith that aren't as accepting as the Christian faith. Um, and I was raised, you know, very staunchly Catholic by a father that went to mass every Sunday, or excuse me, every day during the week, went to private Catholic schools, etc. And I just, I see, I don't know if the rabbi can address it. Is it, is it because of maybe what they still Remember the Holocaust so so readily, or why does it seem like so many people in the Jewish faith are not as accepting as, as the Christian faith? That that's my honest feeling, and I I don't mean to offend, but that's I've just seen it too much. I saw just recently this summer, well, like I said, with two marriages where the where the Jewish mothers were they're about ready to jump off a cliff because their kids were marrying a Christian good Christian kids. So I good, I, I, I just have noticed that. Yeah, um, you know, 
I've come across different ways where different parts of the uh, couple, the families didn't want it to happen. And I've seen it on, on both sides personally. But, um, you know, a lot of Jewish families want that both parents and the family to raise a Jewish home should be Jewish. And I've seen, I've seen Catholic families that want that as well, or Christian families. Um, to the Holocaust, I don't have to say about that. I mean, I, I think it goes both ways, and I, I, I think that you'd find that. As far as, um, as, far as, as um, the Holocaust goes, look, I, it's really, you don't have to compare it to the Holocaust. It's not that, this doesn't matter whether you do or not. It's, barbar- it's you know, just savage barbarianism. But I do have to say, I mean, my father ran away from Hungary. This is not distant history to us. My, my father, most of the people that my father knew in Hungary were dead. And the only reason my father could get out was there, there was a big quota. The reason my father could get out is because the Hungarians, he had run away to Morocco. My father's family ran away to Morocco. And the, the Hungarian Jews that were in front of him in line in the quota couldn't get out anymore. And so they died. And so this is to not us. It's not ancient history. My, my wife, on the other hand, her family ran away from Iraq. Uh, so I'm somebody, my family ran away from Hungary. My wife's family ran away from Iraq. We're, we're, we're always watching for this. I, it is true. I, I, Jewish people, when they start, you know, I got to tell you something, watching those people after that horrible massacre that occurred and then watching those people refuse to condemn it and, fl- and, and go through the streets marching with flags waving, I got to tell you what a lot of Jews that came up in their minds. They saw Nazi flags waving. When they saw the... Um, when they when they saw that the presidents of university couldn't condemn it, they saw people who stayed silent. They saw people intimidated. So y- y- this is something that, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. It, whether you want to compare it to the Holocaust or don't want to compare it to the Holocaust, that's fine. But the point is, is, yeah, we're, we're always, right now, like I said, is you're looking around the world and people, instead of being, wow, I can't believe how terrible what happened is. That's really terrible. There's no... There's like, oh, well, you know something? It's you caused this to yourself. Victim blaming. It's, it's your fault this happened to you. You know, or um, celebrating it. You know, it's, this was a, one college professor called it exciting. You know, this is, that's, I mean, you know, what is that? What do you expect? What should we think and feel when you see stuff like that going on? Do you want to stick around for one more segment? Sure. I think it's really, really rare that you get a, uh, a, a Jewish person, especially a rabbi, on the air uh, of a station like KMOX, willing to take questions like this. Uh, so we're going to, not quite yet, but we're going to take a break here in a second and come back. Uh, 314-436-7900-895-1120. And I'm going to help Steve from Kirkwood out a little bit. I don't get the, the, the sense that Steve was any way a Holocaust denier no. or why don't you just, you know, quit crying about it. Uh, I think you answered his question very well, though, that, well, it's not ancient history. Right. My dad fled. My grandparents, you know. Right. Um, and it's the Holocaust. Right. Uh, it, it's like it is unique in history. Right. It's not the only thing that's happened to a group of people. That's for sure. Uh, most every group of people can point to something and and other groups more than others. Right. Uh, but then you kind of have the Holocaust, right? right? Right. And, you know, no one has to have the monopoly on this. It's not It's not in order to, like, get... It, it's something that's in our psyche, and, and so people will say it. I, it doesn't matter to do it. Like, let's say, okay, you're right. Let's not bring up the Holocaust. Yeah. This was a barbaric act of savagery, which has been, after that, blamed on the victim who was tortured and is being celebrated. So call that whatever you want. 
But I, you know, look, Jewish people do have an antenna up because there's been so many of these. It was also called a pogrom. A pogrom is something which happened in ancient in, in Europe, you know, and and um, and so th- that's also something which, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's in our psyche. Now it's a long time ago, but there used to be crazies that would run through the streets and just kill you know, as many Jews as they could in in European cities. So that that's also something. It, whether or not, though, I I think like look in a certain way. You have to let people feel what they feel. You know, it's like... You, uh, you're not, yeah, you're not going to change that. Right. It, so they could not say it if you want. Yeah. But everyone's thinking it. Okay. Well, when we come back, we'll take your phone calls with Rabbi Shmuel. 314-436-7900. Toll free from anywhere. Uh, 800-925-1120. DGS. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 235 DGS doing something you won't hear uh, much anywhere else. We have Rabbi Shmuel Greenwald on, who uh, uh, long-time and loyal DGS listeners will know as the uh, rabbi from the priest and the rabbi. Lots of calls coming in, some quite disturbing. Uh, let's go to Michael in uh, Collinsville on line three. Michael, welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yes. Am I on? You are. Yes, I was. I was telling the guy. I said, "Hey, I have I have empathy and sympathy for what's happening over there in Israel, but I want the same type of uh, sympathy for what happened to African African Americans. We came over in slave ships, packed like sardines, and they uh, hung us on trees. And they tell us basically, oh, we we mentioned reparation. They act like we cursed them out. Why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we get reparation? We uh, uh, worked this country. They had free labor. Well, we didn't do it. Our forefathers did it. Yeah, but your family is sitting on all that wealth that your forefathers took in by having slaves mm-hmm. and 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 having that free labor. So I think. Just like the Jewish man, um, African Americans should get that worldwide sympathy too. They always talking about let's don't don't forget the Holocaust. Well, hell, everybody in America want to forget slavery. Yeah, I I find very little to disagree with. <laughs> with Michael. Yeah, I, I don't. I, you know, I, I, Michael, I want you to know something. A lot of Jewish people fought for civil rights. If you look at pictures of Martin Luther King, you will actually see a man with a Torah scroll standing next to him. And there were Jews in Mississippi that were killed fighting for Jewish right for for black civil rights. And yeah, I don't Mississippi think Mississippi burning. Mississippi burning. And I don't think that anybody should forget what happened in slavery or there should be what happened to the African American people in this country is nothing short of horrendous. And um and I've studied some of it to know. And it's 
I agree with you. It's it, it, no one. We don't have to have a competition for like who had the, yeah. the worst torture happen yeah. to us. You know, what happened to the African-American, they were dragged over to this country and made into slaves, whipped, raped. Um, let we, that doesn't need, to, you know, I'm, I'm very, very much for the real story of what happened there to be told. It should be told and taught because it's it's another lesson. That is a lesson which we, we can't ever repeat. So I'm on board with you that 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 absolutely that, that the things that happen to African-American people or black people should be remembered and taught. And there should be. You know, I, you know, I'm not, I, I think you'd agree with me. I'm not looking for like sympathy exactly, but it, you want these things to be remembered and taken into account and, 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 you know, we need to do that. And yeah. so I, I don't want to compete with you. I agree with you. This may be a dumb question, but uh, are Hamas and Islamic Jihad and ISIS, are they Holocaust deniers or do they even, are they even that educated or care that much? I don't know. I know, I know Mahamud Abbas wrote a thesis on a Holocaust denial. Um, I, I, I don't know for sure what each of them, um, you know, like I, I was bringing up to you before is, you know, these people, one of the things that we have to stop, you know, you're talking about, put, how do we put an end to this? Like, so this is one thing I, I want to say is that we could do to put an end to this is the, U, the United Nations and a lot of the world is supporting and helping to pay for it with our tax money also um, textbooks that teach Palestinian children from the age of four or five that, that Jewish people and Westerners are, but particularly Jewish people, are subhuman and deserving of death. They have, they have graduation ceremonies from, from, you know, elementary school, which is a fake terror raid. If you don't believe me, go online and watch it. But the point I'm trying to say is what, what's happening is, is that this kind of behavior, you know, I was saying, how could anyone do this? The kinds of things they did. Could you imagine your own children or you being able to even do something like that? And I think most people would say, I can't, it's unimaginable. Couldn't be. They would never, ever, but they're being taught. How does this happen? Are Palestinians people like everyone else? Yes. I wanted to ask you about that because uh, when, when people, and I'm, it's not even, well, I'm not even well-versed, much, much less an expert. But when people say things like the occupation and in 1948 this and in 1967 this, okay, I'm, I'm listening. My mind's open. But I hear people uh, say uh, from, from the Palestinian side, well, the atrocities you saw on October 7th. Uh, we've suffered that times a hundred because the the Jewish IDF they do it and they sneak across and they do these horrific things. Uh, have you seen any proof of that? Do you hear these things yourself? You know, it, Arab people, Muslim and Christian, live with full civil rights in Israel. Why would they be targeting people to do? They, they, they serve in the in the. There are Arab Muslims serving in Israeli defense forces. There is an Arab Christian on the on the on the Supreme Court of Israel. There is a large American Muslim. I'm not American. Israeli Muslim um, groups in the Knesset. So, in other words, they put up with all of these people inside Israel. There, it's our freedom. Everybody can, can can do whatever they want. But they just run across the border and just randomly kill. You know, I want to say one other thing is to that to that point. I, I, you know, I've watched a lot of rallies of Jews. I have never saw a Jewish rally that said they wanted someone dead. Even after this, the, the Jewish rallies were not kill Hamas. I never saw it. kill Hamas, kill Hamas. The Jewish rallies are the Jewish people live. Am Yisrael Chai, the Jewish people live. What about the, uh, uh, I've, I've seen this over and over again, especially at universities, 
Jews calling for ceasefires or Jewish academia saying the Palestinians are right about the history. Right. You've been sold a bill of goods, my fellow Jews. Right. Look, you know, there's always Jews. <laughs> you know, a lot of times when, when you look at um, when, when you look at a people, you, you tend to think of them as, as monolithic. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot. Look, I'd say that's not the vast majority of Jewish people, but Jewish people are allowed to think whatever they want. And there are people that I completely disagree with them, but, you know, take the other side. And, and that's because they have something called freedom. You can live in the Jewish community and disagree with other Jews and you you won't be threatened. Nobody, those people who say that are never threatened by other Jews who disagree with them. There's never like a death threat or a, okay, we disagree. We have dialogue, actually. So I just want to point that out. You'll never see Jewish rallies are never about killing the other side or murdering the other side. They're always about... We're, we still live, and we're going to stay alive, and we're going to fight with light. We're going to we're going to be more. I hear a lot of Jews right now saying we're going to be more Jewish. We're going to do more acts of kindness. We're going to do. We're going to learn more about our religion. We're going to go to services more. It's not. We're going to go out and and take some people out, or even the, the, the Jews living here. They're not screaming for the deaths. It's unfortunate you have to kill Hamas. We don't fight with darkness. We fight with light. So Jewish people, this is the point I want to make, though, is Jewish people are living peace. I want you to tell me a place in the world where Jewish people are causing a ruckus. Outside of Israel, tell me in another place, anywhere in the world, where you find, you know what's the problem? Those violent Jews. But yet you're telling me they're the violent ones in, in, in Israel. It makes no sense. Uh, Sean wants to push back on something that you said. Uh, Sean from St. <coughs> Charles, go ahead. I'm on? Yeah, Sean. Okay, perfect. So so the rabbi said that uh, Jews and Christians and Muslims all have equal rights in Israel. Please, please explain to me Gaza and the West Bank and 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 how if 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 a Jewish person in Israel marries someone from from Gaza, from Muslim a non Jew, they don't have they don't have the same citizenship rights. Uh, people in Gaza cannot leave. They cannot cross the the, the the wall. It's referred to as an open air prison by Israeli uh, uh, politicians. What equal rights? It's an apartheid state. This it's, there's no equal rights. Why are you on the radio hitting these these state propaganda bullet points? This is a genocide. It is a genocide. It is embarrassing to hear someone representing the Jewish community talk about this like this. Like you, like you, you go, you, you talk about the Holocaust. You're doing another Holocaust on the Palestinian people. It's been happening for 70 years, 75 years. How I, I'm confused. What equal rights? All right, John, let's let him answer. Go ahead, Rabbi. Yeah. So when I'm talking about the Palestinians having equal rights, I mean in Israel. Gaza is was the Jews left Gaza because we we were promised by the world that if we left Gaza, there would be peace. Yes, Gaza is closed. It's closed on the Egyptian side as well. The Egyptians right now there's a whole uh, attempt to open the border in Egypt because Egypt Egyptians built a wall in Gaza. Not only did they build a wall, they did something the Israelis didn't do. They cleared out Palestinian homes uh, to make a buffer zone between their wall and Gaza. The reason why the Israelis built a wall was because Hamas took over. When they gave over Gaza to the uh, Palestinians, it didn't have a wall. But when they had to face terror, 
They built a wall just like you would. And so the and also the West Bank. This this is I'm talking about Israel. When I say the Israelis can't control Gaza, they're they're they left it. They don't have security control in Gaza. They don't have security control in the West Bank because now there's Palestinian territories. When you talk about apartheid and all this kind of stuff, if you go up to the wall that to enter either Gaza or the West Bank, it, it says no Israelis allowed, danger. And they mean Jews, not Israeli Arabs. Israel, the the, the, the uh, this idea that Israel is committing some kind of uh, um, uh, Holocaust is just absolutely repugnant. If 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 the Palestinians had not attacked Israel, they're not killing Palestinians. You know something? Gaza has one of the largest population growths in the world. So if Israel is trying to commit a genocide or an ethnic cleansing there, they're not good at it. You go look online. One of the largest population growths in the world is in Gaza. So I, I just got to tell you that you're, you're you're not you don't have the geography all down. I was talking about within the state of Israel, where Israel can control security. Arabs, you know something? The Temple Mount, which we claim to be our holiest site, we're not allowed to go to. And Israel could force it, but they don't. And and the the Muslims are all allowed to go there, and Israelis are not allowed to go there. So what you're saying is just. I, it's not me being fed a party line. I have to tell you, it's, it's you're buying into things which just aren't true. I, I looked that up, by the way. In the last thirty years, the the Palestinian population has grown by one hundred fifty five percent. So, where's the ethnic cleansing and the genocide then? Okay, all right. Thank you. Uh, for taking the tough questions. And uh, yes, we are going to be having representatives of uh, the Palestinian side on uh, the show also to give their side and to take similarly difficult questions. Quick break, right back, DGS. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 252 DGS. I appreciate the rabbi. I appreciate the phone calls. Uh, like Sean, the last caller there. I, I don't think Sean's a troll. Uh, I think Sean believes everything he is saying. And while I have always been brought up and educated uh, the other way, uh, I respect people's opinions and I am curious. Uh, I, I am a believer in dialogue. And a believer, you can have an impassioned debate, uh, but I, I want to know, well, where's the disconnect? Who's being taught what? And why are you being taught this? And uh, I know that when people come out of American universities these days, not it's not monolithic, it's not every person, but they tend to have a much more pro-Palestinian view than they do anti and so I will ask the audience out there that if you, and you don't have to be a part of like a, a, uh, a, you know, an organized group, but if you are pro-Palestinian uh, and you would like to be on the show and explain to us the other side of this, we'll put you on mm-hmm. uh, and you'll take tough questions the same way that the rabbi did. Now, if you're pro-Hamas, I don't have a lot of interest in talking to you. The same way if you're pro-Westboro Baptist Church, 
Uh, although I did talk to that guy for an hour. <laughs> um, but you get what I'm saying. So we're trying to be as even-handed as we can intellectually and with our airtime. Uh, Andrew, how do people reach out to you if they want to be on the show? Best way to do it, easiest way to do it, so I don't have to spell my weird last name, is dgshalloween at gmail.com. That's still an active email address. I, we're still getting email from listeners. Uh, I, I would be happy to hear from you there. Um, and, and don't please. forget, although I don't have the social media personally because I don't want it, uh, but we have a Facebook page mm-hmm. and we have a Twitter page. And Always everything. feel free to the Dave Glover show on Facebook. Always feel free to send us a private message or leave us a public comment. Anything yeah, that you I ever want to say. I, I don't want my social media to be a toxic ground of nothing but fighting. But, uh, you know, we just had the rabbi on for 40 minutes. And if you agree. Post it. If you disagree, post it, and mm-hmm. you can have a conversation. And I don't. Not only do I think there's nothing wrong with that, I think that's the only way to to move the ball forward at all. Mm-hmm. Wheels thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it's it's important when you're looking at something difficult to find facts where facts can be found, um, like the growth of the population in Gaza. If the population's going up, it by definition cannot be a genocide, right? I mean, if there's continuous population growth, a genocide is not occurring. I think what Sean was talking about—it's an about exaggeration—was what's going on now. Well, sure, but that's not what it is. And again, I think again we have to understand the facts on the ground. Using the Hamas example, this is not—I I don't know these things independently. I just read and I listen to people that do know them. Uh, there's a Palestinian man who lives in Israel, who works for peace, who works to help the Palestinian people, who has gone on countless outlets and you can find them all over the internet talking about the billions and billions of dollars of aid that have been sent to Gaza from the world, you know, directed by the UN, but worldwide money being funneled there. And those things are taken by Hamas. They are not used to build hospitals and buildings and to, to give them maybe build a port so that they can become a part of the economic structure in the region because they're right there on the water. They are right there in a, a prime shipping area. You could have built something with that over the last 20 or 30 years, but what they built were tunnels underground to launch attacks, and they bought rockets. And I think that, you know, the Palestine, I think the rabbi said it great. The, the people, the, the data, you know, the average person in Palestine is suffering horribly and they are victims. But Hamas is also victimizing them and then also turning around and attacking a neighbor that has to respond. What did we do after 9 11? We didn't sit back. We didn't say, well, you know, we need to understand something. We went out and tried to take care of business and it cost a lot of civilian lives. And there are people who disagreed with that. But it wasn't about damning the nation. It wasn't about damning the people, right? It was, it was about protesting a government. But this turns into hating Jewish people. That's not the same thing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 